0: For the Lord is good and worthy to be praised. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on and just take about 30 seconds and give him your best praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Worship him, worship him, worship him. You don't have to stop worshiping God just because the kids are finished singing. Glory to your name. Worthy is your name. I feel the move of the Lord in this place today. The Holy Spirit is in the building. Is the Spirit of the Lord in this place? Can you feel the Spirit of the Lord? Well, say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We lift your name on high. Come on and lift his name on high. Give him another hand clap of praise. Glory, glory, glory. Yes, Lord, please be seated in God's presence. We bless him today, and we thank you, Father God in heaven. Oh, Lord, we just, we lift you up high, God. Oh, Father God, we love you so much, Lord, because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for all you've given and all that you've done. And thank you for Jesus. Jesus our Savior and King, our Redeemer. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer lives. Yes, Lord. Muhammad is dead. The founder of Mormonism is dead. The founder of all those other religions are dead. For Christianity is not a religion. It's about relationship. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Yes, Lord. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. We ask you, Lord, just continue to move in this place today, oh, Lord God. Thank you so much for your presence, oh, Father God. Thank you for this great church, New Morning Light Baptist Church. We thank you, Father, for the pastor of this great church, Lord. Oh, Father God, use him right there where he is, God in heaven. Bless him where he is, right there in training, Father God. We thank you, Father, for what you've done in this place through him, God. We thank you for What you're going to accomplish through him, we know he's going to bring back, God, some some great tools, that God, that that he's going to bring back to your house, Father God, and implement those things, Lord. Minister to your people, Father God, today, Lord, we, we thank you, Father. Use me, less of me, more of you, Lord. It's all about you. Father God, we just thank you. We ask you, Father God, to open up, open up ears to hear, open up hearts to receive, open up minds to understand. And we give you praise, honor, and glory for all you're going to do. And let all of God's children say amen. Well, it's so good to be back. I feel at home. In fact, I am at home. Aren't we at home? I just want to thank God for another opportunity to come before you today. I appreciate it. I'm telling you, I don't don't take this opportunity lightly. It's such an honor to... To come and be asked to return and to stand in in this great pulpit where so many great preachers have preached, Amen. it's such an honor to stand here and stand there for Pastor Hamilton. I appreciate him and love him so much, and I know that you do also. And I know that God has used some mighty good preachers. And I want to salute. I want to salute all of you, you members. You have been so faithful through this transition and during the time that. Your pastor has been gone away and gone to training and, and just learning and, and serving the country at the same time. He's going to bring back some great things that's going to really be beneficial to the kingdom of God. So I want to salute all you members, and, and we lift God up, and we love him. Let me just take a minute to ask all the members to stand, because you serve so faithfully. If you're a member here, just stand for a moment, and I just want to, want to just thank God for you. We know that your pastor's coming back soon. But you've you've come, and and I know that that oftentimes in in some churches when there's a guest speaker and the pastor's not going to be speaking that Sunday morning, people have a tendency not to come to church. But you've been faithful. You've been faithful to God first. You've been faithful to your pastor. You've been faithful to your church, your ministries, and all the things that you do here for the kingdom of God. So I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. And to thank God for you, for your support and and those who serve so faithfully. So I want to thank God for you. So give God a hand clap of praise and then give yourself. Yes. You're doing a mighty good job. You're doing a good job. I'm telling you, you're doing an awesome job. Today, about when the Lord speaks. When the Lord speaks. That's the title of today's message. When the Lord speaks. You see, God is very talkative. I believe you recall the time back a couple of months ago I was here and and we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how God moves through the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is very talkative. God ministers to us through the Holy Spirit. God is very talkative. God is the most talkative person in your life. When I was a kid, I used to imagine God sitting in heaven on a throne in a big chair and just looking down here and looking at what's going on. But God being omnipotent God, he's present everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. God is everywhere. He's with all of us. He lives inside of us. God is the most talkative person that you will ever have a relationship with. He's with us everywhere we go. I don't want to describe him as that talkative person who, you know, everybody probably here knows someone. They're very, very talkative. And and you get them on the phone or you're standing there and you can't get a word in. You can't even let them know that you agree with what they're talking about. Anybody know somebody like that? And they just kind of go right into the next topic, you know, before you can even say something about the last thing that they said. Well, that's not God, you know. But God is very, very, very talkative. He's very talkative. So if you will turn with me or look upon the screen here. Turn with me or look on the screen. First Samuel. I'm going to read from First Samuel this morning. And if you will stand. With me for the reading of God's word. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll be reading 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And the word of God reads Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying there, lying down. That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am. For you called me. And he, Eli, and he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and he lay down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am. For you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the Lord of the, nor the word of the Lord had yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again, a third time. So he rose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am. For you did not for did you not call me? Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Verse 9. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, he lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. Please be seated in God's presence. So Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Other translations say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As I said a few minutes ago, God is the most talkative person that you will have a relationship. He's the most talkative person. Amen? Amen. However, I put together today a couple of lists, two lists, two lists of four things. So I want to talk to you about eight things today. First, I want to talk to you about four things. I want to talk to you about four things that prevent people from knowing that God is speaking to them. The first thing is that they don't believe in Him. Now, contrary to popular belief, even an atheist, because God loves us all, it's not the will of God that any man shall perish. Even the atheist, even the non believer, God is speaking to them. You heard the phrase, God is trying to tell you something. Have you ever gone someplace or done something and you heard something in your mind saying, don't do that, I wouldn't go there, don't go there, and then you did it anyway? That was God speaking to you. Even the atheist, I don't understand how anybody cannot believe in God. The proof of God's presence far outweighs his absence. It's so obvious Just recently we were up in the mountains in Pigeon Forge and up in the cabins and I stepped out onto the balcony, me and a couple of the guys, and we just looked out into the far. And we could see the mountains and all the God's creation. And we had a conversation. How can anybody not believe in God? Now, like I said recently, you know, if we go to school and and we do well, you know, you study and you graduate, you do something great with your life, you know you'll have some success. You can, even the atheists, there are a lot of non-believers who are very, very successful at what they do. But it's when you have that relationship with God, that's where that favor comes in. But they don't know that ultimately it was God that opened that door for them. They can't hear the voice of God because they don't even know God. They don't believe in him. You know, there was a time when, when someone, some of you who are a little, uh, advanced in years, I put it that way as the Bible was, you heard about this thing called roots, and oh, workers of roots, and so someone was talking to me one time about roots, roots is from the devil, I said, I don't believe in that, so it cannot impact me, it can't hurt me, I don't believe in it, no different than someone else who doesn't believe the word of God, they're walking day to day by grace, God's grace and mercy, you see, it's what we believe. It's what you choose to believe that determines the outcome to a situation that you're dealing with. So if I don't know the Lord, if someone doesn't know the Lord, they don't believe in God, they're moving by grace and mercy. They can't hear the voice of God. But then there's those, not only the one who doesn't have a relationship with him, but let me talk about that relationship just a little bit more. Okay? My brother-in-law right here, Deacon Williams. Now, if someone come to me, and I know that they don't know my brother-in-law, they can come to me and say, hey, uh, Wallace is such a great guy, isn't he? I say, yes, Wallace is a good guy. Yes, Wallace is such a good guy. But which Wallace are you talking about? I know which Wallace I'm talking about, my brother-in-law, because I have a relationship with my brother-in-law. So that if my brother-in-law calls me on the phone, from a number that's not even programmed in my phone, he can call me from any number. And he said, we say, hey, brother-in-law, we address each other as brother-in-law a lot. He can say, hey, Alex, how you doing? I'm gonna say, I'm doing good, brother-in-law, how you doing? If my wife or my sister calls me on the phone, I have relationships with them. And so therefore, people who don't have relationships with God, they don't know, and so they get confused. Some of us have probably gone through that at some point in our lives. We get confused and we get this thing twisted up. Okay, is it God or is it just me thinking? Is it God or is it my own thoughts? That relationship, the closer the relationship, the better it is that we'll be able to hear from the Lord. It's that relationship. Others have a relationship, but they don't, they don't hear his voice because they don't know it. They have a relationship, but they don't know the voice of God. Going back to my relationship with my brother-in-law and some of those. They have that relationship with him, but they don't know the voice because they haven't spent time with him. Amen? Verse 1. Back to verse one, 1, Samuel. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Now what this is saying is there was no widespread Revelation. Therefore, God was not really revealing. God wasn't speaking through prophets very much at that time. There were no visions and dreams. God, the Pentateuch had passed, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And we know, most of us know those stories and how God spoke to his servant Moses and God spoke. And then there's Judges and Joshua, Joshua and then Judges. Nevertheless, during that time, during those revelations, God was speaking. God was very active. But by the time of 1 Samuel, God was a little on the quiet side, although they were still worshiping God. So there was no, he ministered to the Lord. In other words, Samuel had a, Samuel was a believer, but he had not yet really come to know God. Verse 7, verse 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Samuel did not know God's voice. Although Samuel believed in God, many Christians believe in God, but don't know his voice. Samuel wasn't living a sinful life. In fact, it says that the boy, he was a boy, he was a young boy. So he had not yet matured in his walk with the Lord. Number four. Some don't believe in him. Some have no relationship with him. Or they believe in him, but they don't know his voice. And then the fourth is, some don't spend much time with him. We have to spend time with God. I know a fellow with three sons, custodial dad. I like the analogy that he used. He said, said, we're like sons of God. My sons to me are like those of us who are sons of God. My oldest son, we don't spend very much time together. He doesn't come. He doesn't come to see me. He doesn't call me very much. But my other two sons, they come to visit me. We spend time together. They check on me. They check to see how I'm doing. These two sons benefit from me being their father the most because they spend the most time with me. And that's the same with us as children of God. Those of us, we believe in God, but if we don't spend time with him, we don't spend time in the word of God, if we don't spend time in church, we're not going to reap the benefits. If I don't spend time in this word, then I don't know what this word says. So I cannot implement something that I don't know. How can I put the word of God in action? How can I work the word? As I heard a favorite preacher of mine say, how can I work the word if I don't know the word? You heard me say that there's 11,89 chapters in the Bible, more than 800,000 words. I don't know every word word for word. There's still a lot in there that I don't know. There's a lot in there that was, it's a lifelong learning process, amen? amen. But if you, the more time we spend in this, the more time we spend, the more we know about it, the more we can put this thing to work. The more time that I spend with God in prayer, the more time that I spend in church, the more time I spend around other believers. Is iron sharp as iron, so one man sharpens another. Yeah. And that applies to ladies, too. So if I don't spend time with the Lord, I don't spend time in church, how can I, how can I put it to work for me? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. Now I want to talk about four ways that God speaks to us. Now this list is not exhaustive. God has plenty of methods. We can't limit God. God speaks to us in more than four ways. But these are four most common ways that God speaks to us. Because God is speaking to someone in here today. God spoke to you before you came. God has been speaking to you all week. God is speaking to somebody about something that they're going through. You've heard it said, worry about nothing, pray about everything. That's good. We should pray. But I beg to differ just slightly. There are some things God has already given you the answer to. You see, sometimes if there's something that we want to do, it's easy for us to say, the Lord told me to do this. Well, because you want to do it anyway. But if there's something that we're doing that God wants us to stop doing, then we start to question it. Is it God or is it me? If there's something that I want, if I go to my brother-in-law, I say, brother-in-law, the Lord told me that you're going to give me (laughs) $1,000. My brother-in-law is probably going to say, well, God didn't tell me that. (laughs) See, he has a direct line of communication with God just like I do. If there's something that we want or something that we want to do, Quickly, we'll say, the Lord said it. It's easy to misinterpret that voice. Very easy to misinterpret it. So, four ways that God speaks to us. And I know that some of you scholars know some of this. Four ways. First, through his word. The Bible teaches us in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, some of you have heard it preached many, many times that. This is basically an instruction manual for living, and it is. Nothing that you can go through that you can't find the answer to in the word of God. Now, Paul's letter to Timothy, he said, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes, the Bible was written by approximately 40 different people. And so there's some who may argue, well, it was written by man. But the word says right here, all scripture is given. By inspiration of God. In theology, we translate that to meaning it's God-breathed. God-breathed. Now, God is not speaking to us vocally as he did many, many years back. Oftentimes, I've wished to myself years back, I say, wow, if only I, what am I to do, Lord? What am I to do? Anybody ever wondered what is it that you should do sometime? Have you ever wondered if you could just sit down at a table with the Lord on the other side to say, okay, God, tell me exactly what you want me to do? Because the sin in us can sometimes distort our hearing. It distorts, sin distorts our abilities to hear God. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Tell me exactly which way to go, what steps to take. Sometimes I ask God that. But it says it right here. It says it. it, it, It's in the word of God right here. This is our instruction manual for living. I mean, it really is. It sounds super spiritual, but it really is. What did I say a moment ago? That if we don't work this thing, you see, as I said once before, the part of the Bible that what we obey is the part that blesses us, And the part of it that we disobey is the part that curses us. we got to work the word. It's given by God. God breathed. The second. Through our conscience. God speaks to us through our conscience. This is where the Holy Spirit comes into play. Everyone has a conscience. God gave you that conscience. In fact, let me read the definition of conscience so that I can know that we're all on the same page. Conscience, the definition of conscience, the inner sense of what is right or wrong in one's conduct or motives, impelling one toward right action. We talked about the Holy Spirit a time back and how, how he guides us. And John 16:13 reads. However, when he the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I said a minute ago that sometimes God gives us the answer before, before we can even pray about it. Now, there are those difficult situations and difficult things that we deal with and very complex matters, Sometimes that we're encountered with, or if we're facing a major decision. Some things, a lot of things require prayer. There are many, many things I do not want to undermine prayer or even discount prayer, trust me. I'm talking about those obvious things, those of us who are mature in our Christian walk. We know. Again, if I went to my brother-in-law and said, well, the Lord told me to give, told me that you're going to give me a thousand dollars. He can instantly tell me, well, God didn't, that's not what God said to me. The next one is, he speaks to us through other people. Oftentimes, God will speak to you directly, and then he'll speak to you through someone else. According to the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now the Lord led me to this scripture for a reason. You see, not anybody that comes into your life is speaking The initiative of God. You heard me say one time, a little over about 15 years ago, how three women when I was single at that time. Three women came to me and said, one after another, a short time apart, the Lord told me that you're my husband. The Lord told me you're going to be my husband. I said, well, God didn't tell me that. You see, again, like I said a few minutes ago, if it's something that we want, it's easy to say that God said it. You see, I don't believe that God wanted me to be like King Solomon. King Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. So let me just put the concubines aside. 700 wives. So if that's the case with the wife that I have now, looks like I have about 696 more wives to go. Is that okay with you, sweetie pie? I don't think so. It's not all right with me either. So, it's very easy for someone to say something because that's what they want anyway. So, somebody comes to you and say, oh, well, the Lord told me this or that about you, and they're speaking on some important matter. God said, whatever... They tell you that the Lord said, someone come to me and say something. I say, well, who are you? Again, the word says, and he said, and he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets. I want to talk about prophets for a minute. Okay. The Bible makes clearly the role of the prophets. We have 16 minor prophets and four major prophets. None of them are any more major or or more important than the others. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then you have the minor prophets. These are the writing prophets. And then you have a prophet such as Moses so Elijah. Those are prophets also, but they're not writing prophets. God spoke to them. God spoke to Moses. The Bible teaches us in Numbers that he, he said, I speak to my servant Moses face to face, not through visions and dreams, but God spoke to the prophets in various ways and they prophesied to God's people. They did not only prophesy good things. I don't want to criticize any preachers out there. But sometimes I wonder, you're only telling me good things. Tell me about something else because I know there's something I'm doing right now that I need to change. There's something that someone in here is doing right now that five years from now you might regret. So ask yourself that question. I think I heard the kids singing that. Ask yourself. Oftentimes I, I wonder. I say, well, what am I doing right now that I'm going to regret five years from now? What am I doing right now that God's telling me to stop? Amen. So if I encounter a prophet or a prophet speech into my life, I want to know everything. Don't tell me just what I want to hear. Again, I'm not knocking. We got some great, great preachers out there and they're doing some great things. They're prophesying the word of God. But according to my Bible, the prophets also prophesied things to come. Change your ways. Do this or the Lord's going to. If you change directions, if you, you understand what I'm saying. So these are God's Leaders of the church, these are gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are the people. God sent me today to speak to you. Trusting God that He's speaking to you through me. God speaks to us through other people. He speaks to you through your pastor. He speaks to you through guest speakers. He speaks to you through people close to you, people in your life. Would God want to bless you? He sends someone into your life, but be careful because when the devil want to hurt you or destroy you, he sends someone into your life. But God does speak to us through other people. But it's up to us to use proper discernment. If someone prophesies over you and they have to ask you a question first, do you own your own business? Yes, I do. That business is going to take off. God's going to bless that business. And you're going to have more customers than you should already know that I have a business. Do you have children? Are they young? Those kids are going to grow up and God's going to do a mighty good thing. I think there's a, 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 a. You shouldn't have to ask me a question if you already. I don't believe that Isaiah was asking the people any questions before he spoke the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And then number four. He speaks to us through situations and circumstances. There's something someone's going through in here right now that God's trying to tell you something. He's trying to speak to you. Some of you he's already given the answer to. Just take the step. So he speaks to us through situations and circumstances. And so the word of God reads in the book of James chapter 1. Verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The word patience also means endurance. Verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, notice these texts that I've just read. It talks about equipping us so it would be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's all about building us up and making us better people. God speaks to us every day about something. There's something that he's speaking to you about. Now, that makes also for a good faith. Oftentimes, I like to refer to that when I'm reading and studying about faith. That makes for a good faith text. That makes for a a good faith sermon. So that you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Amen. God speaking to us through the things that we go through. He speaks to us. <clears throat> he speaks to us through the things through our trials and tribulations and the things. He speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us. He's speaking to someone in here right now. So what is it that you're going through? What have you been dealing with? What is it, what is it that's troubling you? What is it that you want? What is it that you believe in God for? He's speaking to someone here today. Will you listen to him? Will you listen to the Lord? Are you listening? How's your relationship with him? You woke up this morning. You got dressed. Got in your cars. You drove through the weather. Through the rain. You came into the house of the Lord. Everyone came in here looking for something. You don't have to leave the way that you came in. You don't have to leave without the answer. I don't have the answer. The deacons of this church doesn't have the answer. But God has the answer. It is the will of God. Will you tighten up that relationship with him? What about those of you? You came to the church today, but you're not certain about your relationship with God you still still questioning. You don't know his voice. I want everyone in here just to take a, a few moments and, and just examine yourselves as Paul wrote. What is it that you're dealing with? What's troubling you? Who's troubling you? Is there a relationship that you're involved in that God's telling you, speaking to you about? Is it that person in your life that Satan sent into your life? That's trying to bring you down? Is there an environment that you're associating yourself with? That you need to disassociate yourself with? When the Lord speaks, what is God saying to you? I would like every head bowed and every eye closed. Jesus is calling someone in here today. The Lord speaks to you daily. Will you listen to his voice? Do you hear his voice? Do you understand his voice? Do you know the difference between God's voice speaking to you and your conscience? Can you differentiate his voice from your own thoughts? There's someone in this place today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. You're in church today, but are you a part of the family of God? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to just, just raise your hand. Just slip your hand up. Just raise your hand. You're confused. You don't know if to go left or go right. There's something you're going through that's pulling at you. It keeps you awake at night. There is one who has the answer. You don't have to go day to day struggling. You don't have to deal with this thing. Just slip your hand up if you don't know Jesus. If you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, just, just slip your hand up right now. We're in no hurry. I'm not a long-winded speaker. I haven't even used all the time that's been allotted to me. We have plenty of time. I want you to examine your hearts. Examine your lives. Do you hear the voice of God? Would you like to know the voice of God better? Surely there's one. You don't have to leave this place the same. You can go home, a totally different person. You can get up tomorrow and go to work, a totally different person, brand new, brand new in Christ. Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Won't you answer his call? He's calling someone in here. He cares about your well-being. He cares about everything that you could ever go through. He speaks to us through situations and circumstances. It's up to you and how you deal with that situation and that circumstance. It's either going to make you or break you. If you don't know Jesus, I urge you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Or maybe there's one you know the Lord, but you don't have a church, a church home. You need a place that you can go and continue to have your relationship with God nurtured. You need a place that's going to help build you up. Bring you closer To God. Under a shepherd. That's going to teach you. That's going to lead you as God leads him. A place of fellowship with other believers. This is a great place. Maybe there's one or two or more in here. You don't have a place that you call home. You're in the right place at the right time. I want you to come. Come up and stand to my right your left. There's some mighty good things going on right here at New Morning Light. Wonderful new pastor with a vision for the church. God's hand is on this place. God's hand, God is doing something special right here in this place. You saw all the the faithful members and servants stand up. This is not a hobby. They don't come every week and serve just because, oh, just to say I went to church. There's something taking place here that keeps them coming back. There's something that can take place here in your life that will have you coming back. Why don't you listen to God? This could be God speaking to you right now, inviting you. To come. What about that person that's, that's going through something? Maybe you have a sickness, or there's a sick person, there's somebody you're concerned about, someone close to you who's not here with us today, someone you love, someone in the hospital, or someone that's at home who wanted to be here and couldn't. Perhaps you have someone you love who's incarcerated. Who would love to be here today, but he can't be here, he or she. Why don't you come and pray for that person? Why don't you stand in, stand the gap? You can come on behalf of yourself or someone else. Is there anyone else? If you need prayer about something specific, we have these anointed servants up here who want to lay hands on you and and pray with you, pray for you. What is it that you're dealing with? There's not a person under the sound of my voice, even myself, who's living a problem-free life. You see, you don't have to go looking for a problem. There's some who's looking for a job right now. Some looking for a mate, hoping for a mate. You're looking. Everyone in here desires something. We're looking for something. We're looking for the truth. God sees you, gentlemen. Yes. Thank you, my brother. We thank God. Yes. Is there anyone else? You don't have to walk out those doors. You don't have to leave the same. There's no person living a problem-free life in this place. We go looking for a lot of things, but a problem is not one of them that we have to look for. Some of them are major, some are minor. Why don't you listen to them? Lord, still, repeat after me. Let's rededicate ourselves to him. Why don't you repeat after me, everyone? Father, I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave and is seated at the right hand of God. Interceding for me. me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I I ask you to accept me in your kingdom. kingdom. Increase my faith. faith. And help me to hear your voice. voice. Thank you for saving me. I am saved. I saved. I I am redeemed. Because my Redeemer lives.